Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, I sat down with festival and community organizer Cassie Young. We discussed the current state of affairs in the local festival scene, how people can discover what's going on in Columbus, the ins and outs of creating a festival, the importance of accessibility in the community, and filling the gap that was left by Independence Day. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, The Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com, or at patreon.com confluence. The Confluence Cast is brought to you this week by the Upper Arlington Labor Day Arts Festival, a day of creativity and entertainment for all to enjoy. Join them September 2nd at Northam Park as they celebrate their 53rd year. Visit UpperArlingtonOH.gov for more. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here with Cassie Young talking about festivals today, she is one of the founders of Cloud City 614, also one of the co-founders of Matter News. Cassie, how are you? I am great. Thank you for having me today. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're talking about festivals in general in Columbus. Normally in the past, we've done sort of a here's what's coming up. And I think today is a lot more going to be a state of affairs Mm -hmm. of what's going on in the festival scene in Columbus. Let's get started with, tell us about Cloud City. Uh, It's coming up on September 7th at 400 West Rich. What can people expect there? A lot. So we are a multimedia performance arts festival. Um, You're going to see a lot more performances than you might see at a typical arts festival. And you'll also see a lot more diversity of mediums and especially people. So um, we include music, film, fashion, gaming, mindfulness, uh, Matter News will be there with some um, investigative reporter uh, kind of thing you can go on. And then um, we also have podcasting. Okay. I think I hit most of the elements. You oh, and skateboarding. Of- skateboarding. Sorry. We have so many things. That it's hard to remember. The only other things I wrote down were, I don't know if you said film, but I don't think you said dance and I don't think you said comedy. Yes. So yes, I think you got you've got, I, mean, I missed. Yes. Of the list of 15, you hit, you know, yeah. 80% of them. <laughs> yes. You did pretty good. <laughs> yes. Is it one of those atmospheres where you walk in and there's sort of like different things happening around yes. every corner? Mm-hmm. It's a ticketed event? Yes. Or, so okay. it is 18 plus. Uh, this is the first time we've done this event other than the fact that we did a pre-event that was a mini shrunken down version of this that had film, mindfulness, uh, experience, uh, music and photography okay. and modeling and some comedy. Uh, and so we are, what was the question that you asked again? Oh, just that it was a ticketed. Yes, it is ticketed. So it's $20. Um, and we are really excited to get out a 
really diverse group of people. If you look at our social media, our website, any of that stuff, you'll see a lot of photos and videos mm -hmm. of the people involved in putting on Cloud City, which is artists and creative. So one of our ta major tagline is what if a city was built by artists? And that's okay. what the whole theme of this, of Cloud City, we're taking to an extreme. So it's about imagining what do we want our city to be and building actively building that together. I think there's a lot of division right now and, and depression around, you know, the things that are happening in our city that we don't necessarily like and want to see to change. Um, but there's not quite as much that's trying to build up and really actively imagine and work together to, you know, better things and really build things that are going to make kind of those old ways of doing things obsolete. Okay. And what was sort of the, you've talked about the, the mission, but how did this happen? What was the inspiration sure. for it to get it going? So I really uh, started getting more on the local creative and artist scene a couple of years ago. I just started really getting out there and going beyond my comfort zone to go to events. And I really started just being welcomed in by the people who were already throwing events very quickly. And we became friends. And I really do a lot of like promoting, I guess, the things that I go to on social media. So I had people commenting all the time to me what are all these events that you're going to and that you're posting about and you know and I would just realize that there's such a gap a lot of my friends and my co-founders of Cloud City um, are artists that throw local rock hip-hop EDM shows different art events around town and they have a big need to try to pull new people into that scene and get people out to these events and then I see this disconnect where there's all these people that want to know that things like that are happening in Columbus and mm -hmm. to get out to them and I think that even once people know there's still this barrier where you know you have to kind of get over that oh am I going to know anyone at this event am I mm -hmm. already tapped into that community and so Cloud City is really an attempt to give a platform for a lot of these really cool things that are happening across mediums and in the art and local creative world together in one place and if you look uh, like I said at the photos and videos of our social media and website you'll notice that the people that attend our events and that put them on are extremely diverse and uh, there aren't very many public spaces in Columbus where I think that that's true and where a lot of different kind of communities are coming together mm -hmm. um, so the original question once again I feel <laughs> like I get on tangents no no, no. you I, just the original one was how what, it came how it came, how it came together so in about December of 2018 so like nine months ago mm -hmm. um we just I approached my friend Sam Brothstein who throws a lot of these events around town and said we should throw a festival and mm -hmm. he was like you know I've been thinking about this for years um but he's used to throwing smaller shows and I'm a project manager for government so I was like you know I, I can project manage and figure out how to throw a mm -hmm. festival maybe um so but you had not done anything no like I've before. never I've never organized a large-scale event or anything like that um neither has he Isaiah Boyd, who's um, an artist who's also throwing with uh, uh, throwing it with us, has never done something quite this scale. So mm -hmm. um, pretty much everyone involved is just it's very grassroots, very much figuring it out. But we do have some really great partners. So early on, um, we got in with a Wild Goose Creative mm -hmm. and they've been an amazing fiscal sponsor that has not only um, agreed to be like the nonprofit that uh, helps us take donations and things like that, but they've really been mentors and have helped us navigate some of these government processes and you know different licenses and things that we yeah. need really needed help with and then the franklinton board of trade is also one of our sponsors cool and so the just to go back to the ticketing because a lot of festivals mm -hmm. like this i feel like unless it's a 
you know, a commercial music festival, mm-hmm. which you would expect to pay for sure. an arts festival is not necessarily one that you would expect sure. to pay for. Is that simply just to, you know, make sure that you're paying for everything mm-hmm. that you're doing now and also hopefully have some revenue that you can je- use for next year exactly. in order to make it sustainable. Exactly. So we are doing this uh, without any major funding. Okay. So uh, this is really just us self-funding this. And uh, we do definitely have uh, some community sponsors that are, uh, you know, Mikey's Late Night Slice is donating a pizza to the green room and um, Cova Cowork and, and Bottoms Up is uh, donating a co- uh, their cotton candy machine for the day. So we have some smaller sponsors, but generally this is us coming together to make this happen. And the $20 ticket prices that we we want it to be an accessible event then it's not going to be so expensive that people can't get in we think the event truly is worth much more than that mm-hmm. um but we want to be accessible yet we want to be able to like you said break even maybe even have a little bit in the bank for the next things we do and cloud city we don't intend to necessarily be an annual festival so we okay um actually i think it's it's very common that you find annual events and instead we want to be something that's a little more elusive and may pop up two years from now and maybe have smaller events that incorporate some of these elements along the way okay talk about sort of the environment that you see interact going to these other events Mm -hmm. interacting with the folks that are putting it together i think sort of the the elephant in the room that we've talked about here in the past at least with when talking about festivals is that you know independence day has gone away at this Mm -hmm. point so talk about sort of the the state of things now that independence day is gone which i think everyone certainly has respect for what it did uh the 10 years that it was around what's filling that gap Mm -hmm. what are the other things that you see that are happening I think it's a lot of smaller events uh, Mm -hmm. really is what's currently filling the gap. There are some festivals that have been around for some years now, so they didn't necessarily, you know, but, but I think that there's even more of a market for them now in some ways. Um, We have a bunch that have already happened this summer. Like I said, some that have sort of been around like Narbecue, for example, is a music festival that moved from being a house party to an actual festival this year, this summer. And what, um, would you, what kind of festival is that? It's a music it's festival. It's EDM, but rock, maybe a little bit of hip hop in there. Uh, but that's mostly they they did have some comedy on their lineup as well. Um, okay. Fire dancers, things like that. Um, and then we have What Fest was new this year. So th- in terms of kind of what's new, I would say those are two of the big ones. What Fest being an EDM centric um, and visual art centric festival. They had theirs at the uh, same venue that we're going to have ours at 400 West Rich. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a really amazing job. And then um, we have some festivals that have been around for a minute, like Two by Two Hip Hop Festival. Um, that is an interesting one because they it is hip hop centric, but it also has a lot of like graffiti art and um, they had skateboard and things like that um front stage fest which is uh kind of multi-genre music uh i'm trying to think what other ones do we talk about well before? coming up just right after your festival 934 gallery yes. in milo grogan yes. has i believe it's a two-day festival and all these festivals frankly most of them have passed for this year right but uh we'll link to all the festivals in the show notes and certainly give them shout outs as they're as they're coming up next year um, There's also some giants too, like the Dublin Irish Fest already happened. That's huge. I'm from right. Dublin, and so, um, and then we have Upper Arlington. We have all of these kind of um, smaller festivals that the are centric to right. their own, even smaller communities. Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'm excited to see so many folks sort of filling that gap that Independence Day filled, and take it and 
doing it independently, right? Yes. And sort of finding the resources that they need in order to get it done. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times in the past, people are like, I want to see something like this happen. Why doesn't this happen? Right. And folks in Columbus have risen up and sort of said, I can do that. Sure. And they're lucky to have resources like Wild Goose Creative, yes. like GCAC sort of saying, here's how you do that. Right. And, and and it's amazing. Like Wild Goose Creative, they their mission is to operate at the like intersection of art, risk and meaning. And not that they didn't know us at all or, you know, had some familiarity with us. And we, you know, booked shows at their venue before. But they really took, you know, a risk, you know, working with us. And they were just from the beginning so giving. And I think that in other cities that's not necessarily the case and so in Columbus you're right I think there's a huge entrepreneurial creative spirit here right now and especially mm -hmm. I think one of the things that I started to say that's uh, filling the gap uh, starting to pop up to fill the gap are smaller events that may eventually turn into festivals that there are just so many smaller micro events that are happening on a weekly basis yeah. um, that are popping up in Columbus and so people really are feeling empowered to do their own thing and not feel like you have to be an established business to throw a festival and that's what we're hoping to inspiring people too i saw what fest last year and mm -hmm. i was like you know i know the guys that are throwing this and um they really impressed me with like what they did and i was like you know what maybe we can do you know a festival too so i think it's about really inspiring everyone to kind of figure out what your lane is so like we have the African-American Cultural Festival. Um, we have so many different things. And I think it's good to either find like something more niche like that mm -hmm. or to do something like we're doing, which is not necessarily niche. Actually, what we're doing is almost like the opposite of niche in some right. ways because we have so many mediums and so many things. But it's um, niche in that it's something that doesn't exist currently or something that's sim more similar to an Independence Day where you have a lot of different things converging uh, that we think that there's a gap for that. Yeah, I, I guess I'm curious what what would you, you would say to somebody who looks at a festival like yours or even one of these other festivals and says, I don't really know if that's for me. I think we need things for everyone. You know, Columbus right. is a huge city. It's growing so quickly. And I know that there's a lot of there's people moving here all the time. And mm -hmm. I'm so surprised that, you know, just being it being my hometown to hear the way that other people really enjoy Columbus, but that if we're going to kind of keep that spirit alive, people have to know about what's going on here. And like I said, there's this gap where I think not enough people know that there is like, not that there's a festival for everything, but there are festivals going on every weekend, pretty much of the summer, at least. And even sometimes throughout the winter, there's um, steadfast festival that's in March. That is more of a um, rock type festival, independent festival. So there's things happening all the time. And I think there's something for, everyone if you look at smaller events on up to festivals we just have to i think get the information more out there and and have these things highlighted on things like the confluence cast is there a well thank you for the shout out but <laughs> what's the is there a repository for these things do you feel like like mm -hmm. how do you find out how how would you recommend somebody find out about mm -hmm. these you know smaller festivals smaller events sure like other than hey promoters slash organizers do a better job sure is there a central repository i know just to give a shout out to mm. our presenting sponsor mm. that uh you know columbus underground does a pretty good job yes of doing a roundup of here's what's yes. coming up they do their mega weekend they also have a on a you know a post that's updated pretty regularly of here's all the festivals mm -hmm. that are coming up but is there sort of a 
do people have to lean on Facebook to, to they like do. find out yeah. what, what's going on? I think they the unfortunate answer is that you really have to be a little of everywhere um, yeah. because ultimately I haven't found a place. I think the one you mentioned is probably closest to the most comprehensive we have. Mm-hmm. Um, Experience Columbus has a calendar, but I don't tend to see too many like newer or smaller things on there. It's um, the established stuff. Yeah, it's right? the established stuff. It's more family friendly focused things, yeah. it seems. Um, so actually, I uh, and a friend started a, an account on Instagram called the move 614 we don't have the time to put into it to make it quite what we would like it to be but that was an attempt to highlight some of these events that are not on those more official calendars um, for people so we put out um, I can't say we've been doing every single week but we typically put out a weekly graphic that sort of breaks down what events are going on that week and we generally do whoever sends up us those events or the ones we know about so we I also have a google calendar that I created called the move 614 and I have probably like 100 people on there and I tell people if you want to be added to it just let me know and send me events and I'll put it on there I know a lot of people use that calendar so people are looking for ways to kind of crowdsource these events Um, and I I do wish that there was one platform that sort of did that a little bit better than than what I or more comprehensively than I currently see down I think it's just a capacity thing and no specific business has been built around that being kind of the focus like Columbus Underground's doing so much else in reporting absolutely you know, well and not- like I used to year in in you know three business lives ago I worked for the Columbus Alive and mm-hmm. we had like a full-time calendar editor yeah. that that was their job mm-hmm. to you know make sure that all the events were listed in the paper and online every week I remember back in like this was probably the early to mid 2000s that you would go to bars and there was this guy, I don't know who it was, please get in contact, uh, who would do full-scale posters that would just say at the top, Columbus sucks because you suck. (laughs) And then it would be a monthly roundup of the the underground punk shows that were happening. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's pretty niche Yeah. But that's the kind of stuff that I want to see. Yeah, and I actually listened to um, a 614 Startups podcast mm-hmm. episode with a woman from I think the company was called Popcom okay um, not related to what she's currently doing but she talked about how back in I think it was early 2000s maybe even late 90s when the internet first started becoming more of a thing they were uh, they had the urban star I think was the name of it okay and it was essentially attempting this and they would actually go to you know events and do live kind of um, broadcasting of what was going on at those events so okay. I think that it was it's really interesting to hear that there were things like that sort of around then um, that were also trying to get at the how do we get more of this information and bridge the gap between people who, who are trying to promote their events and creating more platforms where they can do that. And then people who want to know about events and get more connected into the types of communities and events that they'd like to be a part of to be able to do that. Absolutely. Well, and I think about stuff like Time Out New York and like that. I don't think we need a magazine that's like totally mm. dedicated no. to that kind of stuff, but just more resources. Yes. And I, I do want to give a, a shout out to Joel Treadway who does cringe.com because mm. he had, he does a layout every single week and he has been mm. for 20 years mm-hmm. of here are mm. all the, uh, at least musical event, yeah. music events mm-hmm. that are coming mm-hmm. up. Uh, and he'll give some amount of editorial 
background on like these are the picks but yeah. here's everything and it, and that's the thing we need too i think is like i said the thing that's tough is i think even if there was a comprehensive database that was easily searchable user-friendly that yeah. gave you the ability to like you know search for different types of events and had everything on there there is still the need to actually pull those people in and make them feel comfortable, make them welcome, make them maybe, you know, how do you get someone to go to a new part of town they haven't been to or go right. to a venue they've never been to or maybe show up even if they don't have a friend that will come with them. And so yeah. Cloud City, we're trying to be not only like a platform and an event, but also a community and really trying to branch out and figure out how do we bring new people in. And the way that we think we do that is through inclu being inclusive in terms of our event. Like we said, the types of people that are um, organizing our event are the people that we're highlighting. They're the artists, the creatives. And so Cloud City, we uh, we're, we want everyone there. We want the general public, even if you don't consider yourself an artist or a creative, even though I think everyone's creative in a lot of ways um, in, in, in the lane that they work in. Um, but we, we are going to be an event that's going to be heavily attended by creatives and artists themselves um, and sort of uh, creating this, this more tight knit community um, that, because right now, like many things like government, like business, we're very siloed in terms of an artist community yeah. by genre, by medium. And I think having more events that bring more of that together is just going to naturally grow all of our um, ability to bring more people to our events and, and create kind of bigger communities within those different areas. Can you talk about your choice to make it 18 plus? You, just for liability purposes, honestly, that we, okay. we don't know when it comes to serving alcohol and all those things, what all the liabilities we need to worry about. You're just if trying to children. avoid a problem. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, we thought about making it all ages, even, even like a month ago, we were like, should we change it to all ages? Because we do, I think, I, I think uh, What Fest was all ages. Um, I saw some kids there at least. And so we just struggled with it a little bit, but ultimately said, you know, just to avoid any potential legal issues because we're not super lawyered up. We're a first year event. Right. Um, you know, that's, that's You're the being reason careful, for that. Yeah. And that's really it. Yep. Cool. Cool. Talk, I want to give you the opportunity to talk about Matter News and sure. what the mission is there and what you're doing with that project. Amazing. Yeah. So with Matter News, um, we are a little over a year old. Mm -hmm. um, we're a startup news outlet and uh, we will be at Cloud City and we are uh, really just trying to evolve what we think is a, a somewhat broken news model. And so uh, we are nonprofit. That's one of the major issues with the news industry and all the cuts and consolidations is that um the advertising model is really dying because of fa the Facebooks and the Googles and things like that. So we're nonprofit. Um, we're big on accessibility, so we, we don't want to have a paywall. Um, anyone can access our content. We're multimedia. So much like Cloud City, we really care about making sure that we're creating content that speaks to people and tells stories in the medium that best tells that story and that can convey that message and what's going on. So whether that's audio, um, it could be we're working on a podcast series right now. We have some mini documentaries coming out. Our website, matternews.org, has um, all kinds of written content, even uh, interactive map of Columbus where we input data from the census where you can actually zoom in on your neighborhood and it sh and then you can zoom out too to see how economically segregated Columbus is um, and because it was once named the number two most economically segregated uh, city in, in the country. Mm -hmm. And so we're very multimedia and uh, once again, the people that are creating our content are artists and creatives and we have a lot 
lot of diversity, especially throughout our board and our team. Uh, and we think that we're trying to be really accessible is the last thing um, in terms of giving people a voice and not expecting people to come to us in the newsroom. But we got a small grant from Comfest to build a um, mobile, a portable studio we're calling Matter Mobile. And we okay. took it to Comfest and debuted it there. And we'll be taking it to um Cloud City, it will be there. We'll take it to uh, an event at Gravity next month. That's a Yelp event. So we're taking it eventually out into neighborhoods as well and telling people, hey, we're going to be in the Beachwald neighborhood today and we want to hear from you about what you're seeing in your neighborhood. And we're issue-based. So right now we're only covering the development of Columbus, its okay. growth and development. Eventually, once we are a fully funded operation and we'll have a crowdfunding campaign in November and December, um, we will probably have a team around a few issues at a time and we will choose those issues with community input. So we're that's another reason for this uh, mobile studio is so that we can go out into communities and really be um, ears to the ground, understanding what are those important things that people want their news to be looking into. Because one of our big frustrations with the news is just that it doesn't always seem to cover the most pressing things to us. Mm -hmm. I think that's somewhat a symptom of the advertiser model and, and different things. So that's how we're trying to do things different. That's great. Yeah. Anything else sort of about Columbus that you either see that's happening well, that, that Columbus mm -hmm. is doing well, or things that maybe aren't going as well and should have more more focus? Sure. Uh, so yeah, a sort of underlying thing of Cloud City 2 that relates to what we're looking into with, with Matter is it seems like a lot of the infrastructure and what's being built isn't always catered toward um, the hometown, hometown homegrown heroes. Um, okay. A lot of, I, in my opinion, our policies, even when it comes to business development or economic development, is centered around how do we attract people here, mm -hmm. um, putting a lot of uh, focus and even money behind that. Whereas I think that if we focus a little bit more of our money on trying to lift up the entrepreneurs, the artists, the people that are here, we could birth the next Amazon rather than trying to attract Amazon here and it doesn't have any loyalty to Columbus and will leave for the next best offer. Um, so with uh, Matter, we're looking into the economic development and things of Columbus. And one thing that I'll say uh, is is not just my opinion, but is actually proven in a city report. In 2017, the city of Columbus did a report uh, or had hired companies to basically help it determine what are our development goals because they didn't have any clearly like stated ones. Yeah. So they had them look through their different initiatives and say, what do you, what do you surmise are, are our goals um, based on what you're seeing? And yeah. then the city agreed that basically they had six goals. And I think the goals are amazing. So the, it's a downtown powerhouse, a regional um, economic engine, job center, um, revitalized neighborhoods, sustainable and equitable development. Yeah. The issue is they also had those companies uh, evaluate how are we doing on these goals? Are our policies aligned with these goals? And they found that the first three goals relating to, you know, um, job and regional economic growth, we're doing very well at and, and revitalizing downtown. But when it comes to generally revitalizing neighborhoods and doing development in a way that's 
sustainable and equitable where we don't have as many policies and, and money behind that. And so I think that's why we're seeing a lot of the development trends we're seeing and people are being um, frustrated that they feel like they're seeing a lot of high, uh, high end development, yet we have all of these issues with affordable housing and there are new initiatives from the city and there are public private partnerships that are cropping up and, and even startup, you know, businesses that are aimed at tackling that issue. Yeah. In my opinion, there is not enough being done at that end. Well, of and it's why you're seeing a negative reaction to that amount of development and what's happening in terms of tax credits and, yes. and, and everything. Absolutely. So. Cool. Yeah. Cassie, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite organizer. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.